This podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy, an amazing company that is changing the way we look at health and wellness. Now Alchemy is using uh, monatomic gold and Ormus, which is sourced from two ocean sources, the Dead Sea and the Himalayan Sea. Ormus is a powerful combination, a liquid known as the golden food for the gods. And in ancient Egyptian times, it was known as the light elixir. This energy not only shifts and brings back the dimensions of your body, but allows your entire light body to expand. Any particle breakdown inside of your system becomes repaired. It opens up your third eye, increases manifestation potential, balances the left and right hemisphere of your brain, and increases brain capacity. And that's not the best part of it. The very best part of it is actually enhancing your shamanic abilities, such as increased dream lucidity, being able to feel the energies that are around you, and being able to balance both your chakras and your internal and external Internal world increases your human biomagnetic sheath, known as your aura, and relieves stress and anxiety. Now, this is something you have to try. So go ahead and check out Now Alchemy, a sponsor of the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Thank you and enjoy the show. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Let me just introduce um, my beautiful friend who's coming on. His name is Mike Dooley. He's an author of Notes from the Universe. He is a powerful man who is so connected to spirit and so awakened and has such an ability to see uh, possibility and understanding within people and within bringing messages of, of truth and understanding into the lives and hearts of people so that they can see their potential. Um, we have been friends and I'm honored to be his friend. We did a project together that he invited me on uh, and I was so happy to meet him. It was like reconnecting again to my soul brother. So I'm happy that everyone gets to experience um, Mike Dooley. He is a beautiful soul and I'm really happy to have him here with us on today's show. So uh, without further ado, I want to bring him on and I love you all so much. And I'm so happy you're here to experience um, the, the amazingness that we have for you today. Hey, Shaman Derek, it's great to be with you, brother, and all of your, your peeps. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So I'm really happy to be here too with you. And every time I see your face, I light up. I get so excited to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's how I feel to be with you. And thanks for that wonderfully warm introduction. Awesome to be here. Oh, thank you for being here and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here for the tribe, which is really wonderful. Anytime. So I want to I want to go and dive in right away into everything and what how did you start your path your spiritual path because I really mm -hmm. want people to know about that like how did it did it come upon you were you born into it did you just how did that happen for you uh, I can only recall that there was just unending questions which I didn't I don't think that's so unique but just questions like you know why are we here you know what's the point of it I was raised by pretty conventional parents I was raised in the Catholic faith I am of no faith today um, but I, I always say you know religion needs spirituality spirituality doesn't need religion and so my questioning um, was pretty soulful uh, to the point of being painful by the time I was 18. I was like, you know, what's the point? Everybody dies, everybody, without exception. They're gone forever. Um, and unbeknownst to me, and I'm sure you're, you know, of the same DNA composition. When I ask a question and I really kind of camp out and want to know what the answer is, not spontaneously, but when I'm not paying attention, I get the answer and I know stuff that 
a day before or a month before, uh, I didn't know the answer to. And it's just like, oh, my God, of course. And, and people like you and your teachings and some books I've read offer confirmation of what I intuitively derived. But that's kind of what set me apart, I guess, from other people, not asking questions, but camping out and waiting for answers. And then it was all about living these truths. So I wanted to have an awesome, great life, you know, uh, fun and friends and money and travel. And so uh, being an accounting major, I became an accountant and I rocked it. And uh, then I became an entrepreneur selling T-shirts and gifts where my spirituality started to show. We started to put um, affirmations of believe in yourself, thoughts become things, dreams come true on novelty souvenir t-shirts that we sold all over the world. And when we wound down that business and it seemed like, oh no, what has happened? You know, this company that identified me for 10 years, the trends were declining. It seemed all bad. I was approaching 40. Um, it was like the, it felt like the lowest ebb of my life. But I remember thinking, Mike, this is just where you can step up and live the best story of your life so far. And then I started sending out emails and answering questions and put together an audio program about living the life of your dreams. Coming from that place, it felt really awkward, but oh my gosh, it came together. I knew what I knew. I realized in hindsight, my, the life of the, the train of my life didn't crash. It came to a stop, which scared the hell out of me. That rarely happens, but it stops so that it could change tracks and go faster, better, farther than I even dreamed before. And so for the last 18 years, I've been a full-time writer, teacher, speaker on the nature of reality and living your bliss. Um, and, and it's been the best chapter of my life. That is a beautiful story. And I'm so inspired by it because I think it's important for people to to, you know, to understand that you can just be this person who is an accountant, who's living in that very mundane existence. And then all of a sudden, you just decide you want to go beyond the boundaries of what you've been told by just thinking outside and, and asking questions. Like the beginning step is to ask questions, which I always thought was very um, interesting too, because, you know, growing up with both the shamanic side of my family and the religious side of my family. And I remember when I would be in the religious side of my family, which was Seventh-day Adventist, I would ask questions because I was learning shamanism. And in shamanism, it's always about having, asking questions and, and being open and having that relationship with nature, with spirit and with self and with people. And then on the religious side of my family, I would ask them questions like, well, you know, why would God throw people into this pit of fire called hell that you speak of? Would you throw your own kids into this fire? You know, and they would be like, well, no, exactly. I wouldn't throw my own kids. And I, so do you think you're smarter than God or, you know, and I had a lot of questions, you know, and they were like, you're not supposed to ask questions. You're supposed to just believe and that's it. Yeah, that's exactly where I came from. Exactly the wall I was banging my head against. And, you know, because there was no answers for me at the time where I was looking, you know, being, you know, an early in my early teens, I started coming up with my own conclusions. Like, you know, everything must be God and that God must be big enough to love and re rehabilitate all or to see that, you know, different people have to, to use today's language, different privileges that are so crystal clear. And, and, you know, I'm privileged. What if somebody's not privileged and they were abused and they didn't know any better? But, you know, thug life, you know, God's going to be big enough to say, you know, we're going to fix this and we're going to get, you know, we're going to work with you and we're eternal beings. Um, and uh, you, you, the answers come. And I think maybe we're both saying that, um, you know, insist on answers because they're there. You know, if it's crazy, weird stuff, okay, maybe we're not going to figure out the gaseous makeup of black holes. But when it comes to your happiness, your life, your traction, getting your game on, it's like those answers are attainable and we're here to live the life of our dreams. I love it. I love your statement. Uh, uh, God's got love for a thug. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. That was good. That was fast. Shaman Thurik. You're faster than me. I have, I have many spirits inside this body, you know, many spirits. They're all talking. They're all talking and having different conversations and so forth. So, 
Yeah. So then what, what inspired you? So here you are, you're on your path. You're asking the questions. You're waiting for the answers. The answers are being given to you. And then what makes Mike Dooley get write a book? Well, you know, as I now teach, because my life has been the, the greatest fodder for lessons, um, being excited about the truth, you know, coming into the truth, being lit up by the truth will not change your life one iota if you don't go live it. If you don't go eat, sleep and breathe it, you've got to walk that talk. And so I think I, I wrote a manuscript when my life was going well, but I. I, I didn't believe in myself. It was hard work. Part of me thinks that in my 30s, I wasn't really ready to write a proper book. But it was what seemed to be the beginning of the worst chapter of my life, which in hindsight was the beginning of the best chapter of my life, making me kind of breaking me down to to self-doubt, breaking me down to fear, um, where I was petrified that the best of my life at age 40 was behind me and that I'd be forever telling stories of rocking it with Price Waterhouse in the Middle East and London and <laughs> Turkey um, or, or selling a lot of T-shirts, you know, from here to kingdom come. And I thought, you know, maybe this is the way life goes. You know, who would, would I be to complain after two amazing careers, public accounting and selling a lot of T-shirts? I mean, a, a million T-shirts, literally. Just, you know, grin and bear it, Mike, and, and, and just tell those stories, make the most of them, milk them. But um, because it was fear and because I was terrified and because I thought this just can't be the end of, you know, the life of my dreams, um, I bared down and I was like, look, I don't know how I got into this seeming mess, but I know how to get from it. I know thoughts become things. Dream, dream big. Don't worry about how they're going to come true. Don't insist on who is in your dreams. Let divine intelligence bring you the right players at the right time, whether they're love interests or clients or publishers or agents. And um, just keep taking baby steps, however seemingly futile they feel. And they always feel futile. You dream of champagne caviar and you're going to a job you hate, or you're getting hourly pay, or you're writing a book or emails for your fans, and no one's paying anything for it. You're like, I can't believe myself. I'm deluded. But it snowballed. And, and while it started happening, it seemed like eternity. It seemed like this isn't working. You know, I've been doing this a year, and I'm not getting paid. By the end of the second year into the third year, it was like big wheels were turning in my life. And it wasn't like Bad one day, great the next day. There was this slow metamorphosis, which is I teach people, you can't see it coming. You don't even know your big dream has come true or the miracles that are playing out on your life right now. You won't know what they were until after you look back and you're like, oh my God, thank God I met so-and-so. Thank God I tried this. Thank God I sent an email. And suddenly you see the miracles. And suddenly I, I not only had a book, I had three. I had a 12-hour audio program. I was on a world tour that included Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii, Europe, all over the U.S. and Canada. I was like, I was like, when did this happen? How did? When did I go from I wish my life would take off to I'm living the life of my dreams? And it sneaks up on you, which is so weird. Which means, even though it may have already started for you and the tipping point's already been reached. Uh, if you're thinking, you know, it's still so hard, I don't know if I believe in myself, I must be sabotaging, you know, those thoughts will derail you more than truth. Uh, truth is never going to uh, disappoint you. But you could kind of pull your car over to the side of the road and be like, it's not working for me, it works for everybody else, I need more self-improvement programs. It's like, no, you don't need any more. You just need to, to, to realize and give thanks for who you already are, what you've already got, and realize every day you're getting closer. Every day it gets easier, no matter what your physical senses are showing you. We're, we're designed and wired to succeed, every single one of us. Absolutely. And that was just absolutely wonderful because I feel the same for myself. You know, everything that you're saying, when you were saying it, it was like I was reliving my life. You know, because there are times where I would be like, I remember when I was doing treatments with people and it was on a donation basis for years. 
Love offerings. Yeah, love offerings. Traveling across the country on like just donations and just giving, going and speaking at places and talking to people and just giving it and giving it and giving it and giving it. And friends of mine would say to me, Shaman Durek, I love you, you know, and I, I really, you know, but I think maybe you should think about, you know, that the world's not ready for a shaman, you know, like you. And I was like, okay. And I was like, why? And they're like, because how are you going to, you can't even pay your bills. You can't, you know, you're, 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 how are you going to survive? You know, how are you going to do these things? And I said, you know, to be honest with you, me actually doing the things that I do is not for monetary gain. It's for me internally. You know, if I was a person living, you know, out in nature and I had my little tents and I could get up every morning and give love and share love with another human being. To me, I have reached such a pinnacle of success to be able to bring influential change into the world, even if it's received or not received. I feel like the, the, the very fact of service, of just knowing that I'm in a servant position of, of being able to give something of love, to me, was more than anything. And I said to my friend, it's not about me becoming something. It is about the journey of my love in service to the people, to the world, and so forth. And that's it. And that's all I focused on. And then out of one, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I'm getting this person wanting to write an article about me. This person wanted me to speak to all these people. This person wants me to do a television show. This person wants me to do this. And then I get to meet you, which has been wonderful. You know, and we have our wonderful event that we're doing in Hawaii, which I invite everyone to come to our event in Hawaii, which you'll tell us a little bit later about that. And it's just what everything you said, it's like, I, cause there's so many people who are like, am I on my path? Am I doing the right thing? Am I on my path? What is my purpose? What would you say to those people? I say you decide and what you just described, like, you know, it, I see that as the determining factor as to whether or not someone is going to make it because we all have to decide that. Somebody once asked me, you know, how do I get a world tour going on? I want to do a world tour. It's like, you know what? I invited myself to those cities. I didn't wait for partners. I just, I just did it. I just showed up. I, I, I wrote a year for free. The second year, it was slim pickings. Um, then I was speaking. I was speaking for free. And your story reminded me. There was a Unity Church I spoke at in Central Florida, really small, maybe 20 people in the audience on a Sunday. And afterwards, they mailed me my $100 stipend check. And the, the minister who was in attendance wrote me a heartfelt letter. Something to the effect of, uh, Mike, may I suggest that, you know, if it's not coming naturally for you, because I was terrified to be on a stage. If it's not coming naturally for you, that you consider some of the many other gifts that God has granted you. <laughs> I mean, she was basically saying, Mike. You're not a speaker, and you didn't fool any of my congregation. You were terrified the whole time. It's like, oh, my gosh. And I just remember, it's like, it's not her decision. Uh, and, and while I doubted myself then more than I do today, I had something to say. I knew I had something to say. I had a, a handle on reality, an angle that other people didn't seem to have. And nothing thrilled me more than saying what I had to say, whether it was the written, written word or the spoken word. And so it was like, that's just it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I was better speaker or more eloquent or, but it was just, this is who I am. And I decided it. And, and it wasn't about the money, although I dreamed of money. Uh, it wasn't about anything else other than me kind of setting my soul free to do what I most wanted to do. And then everything else took care of itself. So I would tell people asking those questions, you know, how do you know or, how do you make the decision? You know, you just decide. Because if you're waiting for somebody to say, ah, you're the one we've been waiting for. You're the enlightened one. You're the savior. It's like, you will wait forever because no one's going to say that. You got to feel it. You got to be it. And the people who move to the wayside, they just didn't decide. They just didn't decide. They said, oh, well, maybe not. And maybe they had bigger dreams in another field. Well, I don't know. But I just know the ones who make it in any field are the ones who've decided that's who they are and that's what they're going to do. Um, and it's not about anything other than that. And if you have to 
get a day job, then get a day job. I tell people, see it as a temporary stepping stone to to when you can be full-time at your bliss. Don't see it as a, a bridge of retreat. Mariah Carey, I tell audiences, has as many number one hits as the Beatles, minus three, I think. Like more than any other artist, Mariah Carey. And she launched her singing career as a waitress in a diner in New York. Elvis Presley was a machinist. J.K. Rowley was a stay-at-home mom. It's like, be responsible, pay your rent, do what you got to do, but do it so that you can incrementally be bigger and bigger into the role that you know is there for you to fill. Oh, my God. You're like reaching so deep into me right now because it brings back memories. You know, um, while I was going through my shamanic training, I had to pay bills and I worked at a warehouse in um, in Brisbane near San Francisco, uh, loading boxes onto a truck and putting them and organizing all the boxes in the warehouse using the lift and then using the computer to bring it down the conveyor belt and the whole bit. And, you know, one of my friends said to me, I can't believe you have all these gifts and all these powers and you choose to work in this warehouse. I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to utilize, and I, I feel like crying right now, because I'm going to utilize this experience as a way to deal with my life the way that I will deal with people in the world in the future. I utilized my working in that warehouse as a service. Totally. Um, wow. The way that I dealt with organization of the boxes, the way I dealt with the, the customers, the way I dealt with putting the boxes on the truck, the care that I cared for in doing it, my job, and the way I did my job taught me the way in which I'm going to treat people and the way that I'm going to operate in my life when it comes to whatever it is that I do. And when I worked at Noah's Bagels, I would make sandwiches when I would say, I make this sandwich with love, that whoever eats this sandwich feels my love. And I wow. wanted everyone, everything that I did, I wanted it to be a part of my training as a shaman. Even though I didn't have money to be able to cover my things, I continue what I was learning from my elders into those jobs as a part of my training and being able to be a person of love and service. And what you just said to me has sparked such a remembrance, such a light into my mind again, to remind me that can remind others that there is a, everything you do and the way in which you do it is what is what creates change, is what makes things possible and the way you do everything. Wow, that's so powerful. And so, you know, every time I, I hang with you privately or in like something like this, I'm just like, what a brother, what a brother. I tell audience, well, I made those choices too. We chose to see our situation that way. And then no matter what your situation, you're empowered by it. You love it. It's a step on the path. Um, I ask audiences, you know, how, isn't it ironic? The person who hates their job just hates their job. They think nobody knows. Meanwhile, even the UPS driver who shows up twice a month knows who that person is, and no one wants to go near that person with a 10-foot pole. Similarly, the person who's putting love into a sandwich, everyone knows who that person is. You cannot hide it. We ha we're all connected. We're all one. And whether it's spoken or felt, people know who those are in their circle whether it's at work, in the hood, just a stranger walking across the street. And, and if you want to free yourself from anything that's less than ideal, you master it. You give it your full attention and you will be raised rather than resist it, fight it, hate it. You know, no one's going to give that person a promotion. No one's going to hire that person away. That person will be relegated to the most unpleasant part of that work environment, whereas the person who masters the unpleasantness, that's the person we all want on our team. And we promote them, we elevate them, we hire them away. It's like life rewards effort and perspective exponentially every time. It's like, it's like we're, it's, we're so set up to win. If we just know these truths, which is your job, my job, spreading the truth that life is, you know, a, a feast, man, feast, dig in. It's all there for you. Absolutely. It is. And I, and you know, 
even when I was um, dealing with my health stuff, dealing with being in a wheelchair, I remember they were saying that I wasn't going to walk again. And I had said, I said to my friends, I said, I said one to my friends, Tomas, I said, he said, you know, uh, how are you going to handle this? I said, what do you mean? How am I going to handle this? And he goes, being in a wheelchair. I said, oh no, this is temporary. And he goes, why do you say that? The doctors didn't say it was temporary. I said, oh no, it's definitely temporary because I, I, I am a type of person that I know how to put the fire inside of my soul and take every single moment that I have. And I will put these, I will bring these legs back to life. And I will be standing in front of you one day at an event. Maybe I'll be on crutches. However, I will be standing there. And sure enough, he had this big art event coming up. And I had worked for a whole year and getting my legs to heal. And I ended up at that event after working, my physical, my physical therapist was like, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. I said, don't tell me what I, you think I'm able to do. I said, when people, when I was sick in the hospital, I said, don't come into my room crying and feeling sorry for me. I said, you are weakening my energy field. You are, you are creating limitation in and around my being. I will not tolerate that. I said, I am a being that has power and there is my will is the free will that was given to me by God to be able to make a decision that this is either going to be my reality or not be my reality. And you are not going to be the one who dictates that over my being. I said, so if you will kindly leave my hospital room with your crying tears, because if you come into this room, you better tell me, get out of this bed. And when you come over to my house, be like, oh, you're not walking yet. I want to hear those words. You know, I always tell people, if you dream about something and your dream doesn't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. And you're the walking embodiment of that. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So what do you think about right now, if you were to give a message to the world right now, to the people who are listening, what would you say to them about everything that's happening right now for them to rise out of this, of this time? Well, it's hand in hand with my, my biggest message of all, which is thoughts become things, that we are creators. We create with our focus. And what goes hand in hand with understanding the logistics of thoughts becoming things is there's this metamorphosis and there's always a seeming disconnect between what you're thinking and what you're seeing. And it's the master, and it takes very little to be a master. The children do it. It takes imagination. The master can hold on to that vision in spite of appearances. So there's always going to be a lot of reasons to be bummed out and depressed and sad and heartbroken. That, that's not going to change. But there's always going to be a million more reasons to celebrate, including the fact that we are eternal beings, including that no matter what's going on in the time-space continuum, we're going to live beyond it. In, in the palm of God's hand, surrounded by love and friends, bathed in it, in fact, and that all is supremely well. You're here now at this seemingly precarious time, because it set your soul on fire. This is like, oh, you mean I can go to cave world or I can go to future world and live on a cloud, or I can live at the very cusp of awakening when the planet is going from the dark into the light? Are yeah. you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than that. Being born into the darkness yes. and then walking in the light? I have a note from the universe I wrote once. It said, do you know what's a million times better? than getting to the top of the proverbial mountain, getting there after first having been lost and not knowing if you'd ever get there. And then when you get there, it's a million times sweeter than if you just took the conveyor belt up. And that's what we're going through right now. The lions and tigers and bears are paper. They're illusionary. They're they're the ghosts of earlier manifestations. And for us privately to live our joy and abundance in a rocking cooperative world where there's respect and privilege for all. We just have to hold on to that, see it and count it in our daily lives because it's there. There's so much love in the world right now, so much healing in the world right now, so many things better today than they were a year ago, than they were five ago, than they were 10 ago. And just focus on that. And as we were just saying, you got to move with that. 
Step with that. Act like you're protected. Act like you're provided for. Act like when you hold out your cup, it will be filled to the point of overflow. And you just do that every single day. When do you stop? When it's overflowing. In fact, then you're going to be on such an upward spiral. The last thing you'd ever want to do is stop. It's just so good. It just gets better and better and better. Absolutely. I tell people I don't believe in retirement. I think retirement means you just ran out of um, you just ran out of the creative ideas. You're not honoring your truth. You know, That's because right. I, I do believe, I do believe, and I say this all the time to my young students, because I have kids that I work with all over the world who train with me in shamanism and their parents drop them off. Some of them are eight, some of them are seven, some of them are twelve. And one, and I, you know, I tell them, I said, you know, imagination is magic. So if you the more the more your imagination is expanded, the more magic you have inside of you. And I told them, you know, I have this one kid, he's 12 years old, and he's already mastering certain shamanic techniques that takes such a long time to master. And yet he does it so easily. And when he talks to me, he's like, I love it, Dirk. I go to school. I can read what's going on with people. I can read my parents. He's like, I've been looking at their files. I've been reading their energy files. I've been going through all their issues. I know exactly why I chose them, you know, and it's just so wonderful to listen to him speak. You know, I have this, um, I have this uh, um, I have IG, uh, uh, what's it called, Instagram account called uh, The Little Wise Ones, and where I take some of my students and I put them on camera to talk about some of the things that they feel strong about. And, you know, I feel like the imagination is the magic. And, I, and, and you know what you said, what you said was so poignant, which is, you know, thoughts become things. And I really, you know, in, in, in shamanism, we have this belief that your mouth your mouth is literally um, creating uh, magic and it's either cursing you or it's, it's, it's creating something beautiful. And so every in your mind is doing the same thing. So if you are operating from a place of, you know, speaking ill against yourself, then you're creating that, that imbalance. You're on fire, Schottenberg. <laughs> no, I like, for, I mean, you were on fire. We are an inferno of flame and power and energy and passion and love and just tenacity and just vision, you know, because that's what fire medicine brings it. You know, in, in African shamanism, we say the fire gives you vision in all directions. The truth. Okay, so tell me, when you when you are um, living your life and experiencing this life of yours as Mike Dooley, doing all these amazing things around the world, what do you see some of the things that people are getting stuck in right now that is actually uh, limiting them and not supporting them on their journey to their awakening of self? I think it's what you've been alluding to already in this fire that you were just so beautifully describing you know the truth will set you free and when you know the truth all things are added unto you you know i was raised a catholic not one today but there's a lot of beauty in those holy books i agree uh, obviously I agree. and probably every book wherever you find beauty if it's a hallmark greeting card run with it own it embrace it and what they're talking about the truth will set you free or seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you that means seek first to understand that you live in heaven, that you are a divine spiritual being, the eyes and the ears of God. Because if you don't, you start thinking that life is happening to you, which is a lie. You start giving your power away, thinking that, oh, God is deciding. God's not deciding anything. God decided <laughs> to be Shaman Dirk and Mike Dooley and everybody now listening. And now God's, you know, with bated breath going like, now what are we going to dream of? Now where are we going to go? And they're God has passed the baton to us and pushes us on to greatness every day. It's a non-judgmental world, but it is not a neutral world. Divine intelligence is not neutral. Non-judgmental, absolutely. But that does not mean neutral. Too many people think neutral. It's like being pushed on to greatness. Our positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than our negative thoughts. And this is me peeling away the banana of truth or peeling the orange or whatever or the apple or whatever it is. Well, I'm eating it. I'm eating it. Feeling where we stand in this mosaic of magnificence in our dream bubbles where our thoughts become things, our words give us wings. And not knowing this is the answer to your question. Not knowing this is what holds people back. They think life's life's a test. 
that we're assigned lessons. We're not assigned lessons. There's no lessons. Our confusion creates chaotic manifestations that yield learning. But you can head them off at the past by this flame, this fire of truth. When you're in the truth, there's no more confusion. There's no more heartbreaking manifestations, and you're good to go. So, people, you're already doing this. You're Shaman Durek fans. Hang with the truth. Uh, immerse yourself in books that you're drawn to. Ask big questions. You will be heard and answered. Um, move in the direction of your dreams and prepare to be astounded because that's how simple it is. And then you stop self-sabotaging by thinking that there's another agenda, that you've got dues to pay, that maybe there's karma. Our thoughts trump, our thoughts beat karma every single time. Um, our <laughs> thoughts override karma. It's not an absolute law as I teach. It is a phenomenon that's extremely common because people don't change their thinking very often. But change your thinking, you're off the loop, no matter what the score was. So don't give your, way, your power away to notions of you know, karma or ancient spiritual contracts. They have a place in understanding reality, but they do not have a place in taking your power away from you. Uh, absolutely. And I want you to say that one thing you said again, because um, you said it so quickly, but I really feel like I need to make a box for it so everyone can hear it. So tell me again, your, your words become your wings. Let's say thoughts become things. Thoughts become things and your words give you wings. Oh, unbelievable. Our, our words. As I said, unbelievable, actually, but it's very believable. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just your mirror. <laughs> you know, when truth is spoken or felt, you know, somebody will say, oh, Mike, you must be a fan of so-and-so. You must be reading such and such. It's like I generally avoid all other stuff because I don't want to use their analogies or their metaphors. And I know so well, as you teach uh, Shaman Durek, that the truth is the truth is the truth. And if you dwell on a question and you seek the truth, you the truth will be the same amongst different teachers. And that's why there's a resonance, not because of, you know, not necessarily because somebody is copying somebody else. Um, so, you know, it's our energy. It's our focus. You bring about what you think about. Absolutely. And, you know, when I was on the other side, when I died, the first question I asked about when arriving um, was I, when I was on the beach and, you know, and I had just chose my body and what I wanted to look like. The first thing I asked them was, why does human beings suffer? Why is there pain? Why is there war? Why is there disease? Why is there people killing each other? Why is all of these things? And they answered me one thing. They said, malfunction in thinking. That's all they said. They, they, it wasn't like they gave me an answer for every single question. They let me get it all out. And then they looked at me, the beings looked at me. And they said, malfunction in thinking. They explained wow. to me that, that the thinking process of humanity does not think with God. They think against God. They think against love. They think against health. They think against freedom. They think against all of the beautiful things that can bring opulence and splendor into one's life. And when I got that, when I, found, when I came back from the other side and came out of my two-month coma, my sister was there, and I had brain damage. When I finally got my ability to use my hands, my hands were like shaking like very, you know, a lot. And my sister put the pen in my hand because she said, do you have something you want to say, brother? And she put the paper under me, and it was all scribbly. She kept it to this day. And the first thing I wrote was, all is God in very in, uh, scribbly, scribbly lines. And then I wrote... All suffering, malfunction thinking, malfunction thinking, malfunction thinking, malfunction thinking. And she goes, she was, she was like talking to me, but I couldn't talk because I had a tube in my mouth. But this, I had to get that message out, you know. And when I see people suffering, causing themselves suffering and anguish and pain and sadness and despair and heartache and heartbreak, you know, even heartbreak, I tell them it's not even your heart breaking, it's your ego breaking. It's not even your heart, it's your ego. Because on the, uh, when we are in spirit, when we are in the essence of our truth, there is no brokenness within our heart. There is no separation from each other. Like when you and I, 
and I feel you when I don't even see you. I feel you. I feel everything in my heart because of my love. It's enduring. It is, it is grand like the ocean itself, deep and profound this energy. And so there is no, um, you know, these, these things that we create is all created by the ego, the, 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 the fear-based ideas of separation, lack, limitation, um, that there is something uh, missing from us, that God is pulled from us, that we have to earn love in order to get loved by God. We have to earn love to be loved by another human being. We have to earn to be, to be accepted, to be validated, to be acknowledged, to be seen, instead of realizing that all of that is malfunction in thinking. I love those two words. And those are so unique. And that's what I, I, I love when I come across authenticity. I hear deep truth in words I've never heard applied to it before. It's like, that is like, that's everything. Malfunction and thinking. There's only thought. There's only thought. And everything can be healed, brought to bear with correct thought. The true self set you free. The kingdom is at your feet. It's like, I love it. I love you. And I am so appreciative. I get so inspired. I still have my life. I still have my lessons. I'm still learning. Like I said, it's one thing to know the truth. It's another one to, to breathe it with every breath of the day. And I'm way better than I ever used to be. Things are amazing. But yeah, I'm sitting here right now, really inspired. So and you know, I love what you said about lessons too, because I, you know, I was meditating um, in Turkey. When I was in Turkey, I was meditating. I was in Bodrum. And when I was in my meditation, I kept, I was looking at the water. I love Turkey, by the way. I, if you ever if I get a chance, I mean, you've, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, right now I'm in so much pain because I'm not in Turkey right now. <laughs> I mean, I love it that much. <laughs> but like when I'm in Turkey, I have such a sense of peace and well-being that comes over my, of my nature. And I'm sitting in Bodrum, I'm looking at the water and I'm at my friend's place. I'm staring at the water and I'm like, what are lessons, spirit? And the message I got was, they are your teachings. They are your shamanic teachings. They are your uh, teachings to help you recognize more of yourself. So I was like, what? Are you telling me that lessons, these things that I'm going through, are just to strip me from the nonsense of the matrix, to strip me from the nonsense and get me more in touch with my truest self? That's awesome. Well, I welcome those lessons. Yeah. It's like, you know, we think, I can, you know, I'm speaking to an audience and I say how awesome everything is. And I know they're thinking, it is, it is. But, but, you know, they, they've got these lions and tigers and bears. It's like, it's awesome, not but, it's awesome in part because of the lions and tigers and bears that can take you higher and, and make you shinier than you ever dreamed of possible. It's like every so-called problem is a step up into the light, into pure love, into pure truth. And another note from the universe, if I can um, remember it, if you let me, um, something to the effect of, you know, you know, of course you have problems and challenges and anger or fear or jealousy. How else would you realize there are things you still don't understand? If there hadn't been a manifestation of some something chaotic, something undesirable, something that's kind of your higher self showing you where you could step it up a notch. You know, it's like, that's what problems are for, to show you that beneath them, you have a misunderstanding. Fix the misunderstanding, your problem goes away. Absolutely. So um, any questions from our audience that we have Mike Dooley here? If you have a question, please um, send me um, a question. And um, I would love to share uh, three questions um, here on our show today. So if you have any questions, please send me questions and I'd love to be able to share that. Uh, meanwhile, I am like, can I just tell you right now that I am buzzing right now? I am buzzing like crazy. Like exactly crazy. How I, feel. I feel like every song and everything is on right now and every cell in my body, my electrons, every single thing is lit. It's on fire. So I just like, I just had to share that with you because that's what I feel. So anyway, one of the questions um, that, I, that I'm getting from 
a wonderful woman. Her name is Nick Green. What do you think of New Age thought process and spiritualism? So that's for me, New Age thought process. I think in the New Age realm or definition, a lot of, um, it's a word I try to avoid. Although by most standards, I'm kind of a New Age person. It's like the term God. It's got strings attached. You know, God for one person means something totally different to another person. And new age, you know, it, it could be a bunch of associated with nonsense or charlatans. So, so I think we're in a new age. You know, every age is new. Um, and I think this new age has the hallmark of awakening. The lights are coming on. Spirits and cells and DNA are lighting up. Um, and so uh, this is a great age to be in. This is a great new age. Uh, I, the terminology I use more is new thought, where it's not so new agey, but it's about the messages and teachings that we're sharing right now, Shaman Dirk, about the power of our minds, that we're here by choice, that we're pushed on to greatness, that all things are possible. And I think that realization and these truths are what to immerse ourselves in without worrying about the right name to call it. You know, we recognize truth and we light up. Like, like I'm equally lit up right now. And it's because, you know, we just see the, with clarity in, in one another's mirror here, as I'm sure is the feeling amongst those watching live and or recorded. That's what truth does. What remains is for us to live it and to take it into the unknown of our, our present moment and in the future. Absolutely. Another question came um, in from um, Leah in the light. She says, what is your go-to mindset shift tip for quickly raising your vibe and adjusting your perspective? Drill down to truth. And in fact, I just was, you know, had my boat rocked, if you will, this past weekend. You know, I dabble in a bunch of stuff. And one of them, I'll tell you, is Bitcoin. And, you know, I'm, I had so much fun with Bitcoin going up and then it's been going down. And um, that was bugging me, man, bugging me. Should I get out? Should I have bought more? Should I have done this? Should... It's like, Mike, your wealth. I mean, drill down to truth when your boat is rocked, which is my answer to your question. Mike, you're an eternal being of love and joy. Mike, your abundance levels um, have nothing to do with Bitcoin. You will be in the right boat at the right time, as I am with so many other things in my life. I mean, it's such a small little part of my life. But it was rocking my boat. So I was just like, get grounded in truth. You're a creator. Your thoughts become things. You're an eternal being. You're going to outlast the jungles of time and space. Your, your wife is awesome and healthy. Your daughter is a precious angel. You've got like everything to celebrate. And to let some little mirage that's bobbing up and down, you know, go back to the fun of it and, and be reassured by the truth that... Um, we are all more than the goings-on of the, the illusions around us. That, that's absolutely wonderful, Mike. Thank you. So another question, which I'm going to answer this question. This, quest, this question is from Christina Isabel. If a family member passed away from cancer, did they manifest that? And I'm going to answer that question because I've been working with cancer patients for, I would say, something probably now about 20 years. And I have learned as a shaman working with doctors all around the world, what I've learned, even in myself, in my own death experience and coming back from death and being in a coma and a wheelchair and brain damage and all the things that I went through, um, what I've learned is, is that we are a multidimensional being. And being a multidimensional being, when someone has a terminal illness, they're like, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. That's the conscious mind. But there's another side of the person that we don't address. And that side is the side that wants to die, that wants to get off the planet, that doesn't care if it has kids, that doesn't care if it has a family. That side is the side that we don't want people to know that exists. And when I work with cancer patients, what I have found now, so I work with kids with cancer, I ask the children completely, why do you have cancer? I don't go in, you know, I just ask direct questions. Why do you have cancer? And the kids tell me exactly why they have cancer. When I go to adults and ask them that question, they say, what are you saying? Are you saying I created this? Are you saying I want this? They get really upset. And when someone gets upset, that means there's truth that they're, they're hiding. When people get upset, 
because they're hiding something inside that they don't want to look at in their shadow. So I said, I want to talk not to you, the one that wants to live. I want to talk to the part of you that wants to die. And all of a sudden, that person almost looked like pale, like a ghost. They felt something. They said, I felt something inside of me. I said, yes, that's the part that wants to die. I want you to tell me right now in your words out loud, repeat the sentence. I want to die because, and the woman said, I want to die because, I said, now fill in the blank. And she goes, I want to die because I don't feel love. I was abused as a child. I went through all this pain. The world is constantly at war. I'm constantly feeling like there's so much, so hard to live. I just want to go home. She couldn't believe what came out of her mouth. So to answer that question, yes, we do manifest when we want to stay here and when we want to go home. And I do believe that in the future, when people are willing to start looking at science and spirituality as a component for the healthcare module, we will be able to help people by bringing life therapists into hospitals, into places where terminal illnesses, pain, suffering is being presented on the human level and be able to interface with them, not with the part that wants to live and is fighting and taking and doing everything it can to live, but to interface with the part of them that wants to die and begin creating methods both holistically and allopathically to create a systematic understanding of how can we shift both mental and also the way in which they live their lives to be able to want to live so that part that wants to die wants to live and it reverses the illness and the sickness and the stuff in the body. And I honestly believe that we have the capability now to do that. But because there is such a, a separation within science and spirituality, even though shamans were once alchemists and even though the first doctors on the planet were shamans, that's why they were called witch doctors, because they were working with the plants and the herbs and then they decided to start making them do glass bottles and became alchemists. And then the alchemists became the doctors that would bleed people in the um, dark ages. And then they continued to bleed people. And then they started doing experiments on animals and learning about their organs and started documenting them. And then they did it on humans with cadavers. And then now you have doctors. So we haven't come that far in our evolution to forget that these things are important as well as the healthcare allopathic medicine. It's also important for holistic medicine to be combined as well as mental health because mental health needs an upgrade as well. Wouldn't you say so? That mental health needs an upgrade? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, it's hard to add to the beauty and profundity of what you just shared, but I'm on board a thousand percent. Um, to think otherwise means that that we don't have the power of life or death and, and don't throw your power away. And, and the beauty of how you phrased all of that, Shamander, was in that equation, there's no room for the word blame or fault. And if bad things happen to good people, as the, the question implies, you know, does that mean that, that there should be blame or fault? It's like in a spiritual conversation, there's no room. Those words utterly fail and Cease providing clarity. We are creators nonstop, and there's beauty in every decision, and nothing is being judged against us. And if somebody exercises their will, beknownst to their consciousness or not, in a way to change the direction they're going, you look, when one door closes, another one opens. They're as alive today as they were when they were on planet Earth, and the lessons and the love continue. So, I'm on board. I'm a believer. Thank you for that beauty. Shambhira. Absolutely. We have two more questions. Christy um, Ayalani says, uh, what advice would you give to a woman who is raising children in this day and age? Uh, ask them for the guidance. <laughs> I have a four-year-old at home right now. Oh my gosh, she's so enlightened. It scares me. She's so in touch with herself and her desires, what she wants to do, self-love. Um, but, you know, uh, apart from that, which you perhaps already knew, Christy, you just don't worry about them. Be the example. Um, show them what they're capable of absorbing, whether it's uh, time with Shaman Durek or his, his website for kids, our IG page for the little wise ones. Um, 
you know, expose them to that. They're going to soak it up like a sponge. They're going to be surprising you and, and all of those who care for them. They need help less than the adults. So if we can take care of ourselves, we're taking care of them already. I agree. And I'm going to add to that by saying, create a, con- create a container for your child. Uh, one of the biggest questions we are never asked here on earth is, why did you come? So have that in your mind that this is a being who's coming here to bring something to earth and something to you. So do not look at it as you need to project all of your ideas about life and your perceptions about life onto them. Give them a chance to make their own decisions by asking them questions and helping them to explore. Also, make sure they have a lot of time to play and express themselves outside of the idea of gender. Don't just buy them toys for girls because they're girls. And don't just buy them boy toys because they're a boy. Give them options of both. And I also say to parents all the time, be honest with children. Children are highly empathic. They can sense all your emotions and they learn about human awareness through feeling your own pain and your emotions. So if you come in and your child says, mom, are you okay? Or dad, are you okay? And you lie and you know you're going through emotional turmoil. They'll take that turmoil into their body. And one of the biggest reasons that I have found in my studies and my work with with children in hospitals is why they become ill and sick and have all types of immune dysfunctions and leukemia and everything from like allergies and you name it is because their little frail bodies cannot handle the, the high level of data and input streams that are coming from your emotional energy that you are storing inside and not sharing with them hey, you know what? I am going through a difficult time right now, but you don't have to take it on. So giving them a place of knowledge that they don't have to take it on because you're telling them already. So all you need to do is focus on being a kid and mommy and daddy are going to figure this out. But don't just say everything's okay because they have empathic energy and they will pull every emotion into their body because they know that you're lying and then they'll feel it in their own body and that will create effluvia in their body. And effluvia is negative cellular memory blockage. It's what causes illness in the body. The cells begin to be affected by the energy. The discord then starts affecting the myelin, the electrical nervous system, which starts affecting the syntax nerves and how they're perceiving information. And they start developing high levels of cortisol because of stress and anxiety because they don't know how to get rid of the energy. This is why a lot of parents bring their kids to me because they are holding on to a lot of effluvia from the family and they need to let it go. So these are my, these are my tips for you as a parent um, to be able to support your kid and always let them know that no matter what they feel, they're always able to talk to you and share with you and you will have no judgment. And one more thing, which is very important, I teach this to a lot of kids in Israel and also in Turkey. Um, in London, is to interact with your kids other than doing homework with them or driving them to ballet or just soccer practice. Actually play video games with them. If they're drawing, go and draw with them. Because if they all, kids always feel like it's all about you. It's always about going into your world. You never want to go into their world. If you don't go into their world, they don't trust you. You may think your kid trusts you, but they don't trust you with their, their, their private, their secret information. When I, whenever I go to people's homes and they want me to work with their kids, they're like, oh, my daughter, I don't know why she keeps failing this test. I don't understand why she's not passing. I said, don't worry, my dear. What is she doing right now? She's in her room right now. She's drawing. I go in the room. I go, can I join you? Can I come draw with you? She goes, you want to draw with me? I said, of course I would, honey. So I go into the room and I start drawing with her. And as we're drawing, we get into a conversation and everything comes out. She tells me, my mom makes me do my homework in the kitchen. It's so loud. She's cooking. My father comes in. He's talking. My brother is in the kitchen. And so much distraction going on. I'm very distracted by loud sounds. No one, you know, no one asks me what I need to pass. They just want me to pass the test and go to a good school. But they don't ask me what I need as a human being in order to succeed. So I share that with the parents and they go, oh my God, I had no idea. And so how did you find that out? Oh, I just, you know, entered into her world and she trusted me because an adult that goes into a child's world is worth trusting for a child, just so you know. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. Thank you. One last question coming in from Arta Chabria. um, And it is, is it your conscious sending you messages? 
I think that implies that there's a separation of conscious subconscious. If I understood, that. is it the consciousness sending the message? Is that was the question? Um, yeah, I, I think that implies a separation and a complexity that doesn't really need to be there. You know, it's what do you want, and don't just judge short-term benefits. Uh, you know, bring in long-term, uh, balance them out, uh, and decide. Trust yourself. Hear the words that you're formulating and the feelings that you're feeling and you're going to be good to go it's not about hearing a voice that's you know hard to discern you get better at it but it's it's not so tricky if i understand that right what do you think shaman so my add to that is that you have what are called um, data streams of information we call them energy streams so you have light streams and you have dark streams dark streams are the ones you want to actually cut off and you want to get out of those. So dark streams are anything that goes against love, support, um, acknowledgement, encouragement, empowerment, uh, being lit, feeling the fire, you know, like really seeing the highest level of joy and, and passion and joy for your life on a, on a higher level. That's light stream consciousness coming in. When you're having light stream consciousness, you feel uplifted. When you have dark stream consciousness coming in, it means that other beings, other energies of negativity that you may have picked up from echoes and places that you were staying, from people conversation, other people's conversations, um, from parents, from authority figures, from things you saw in the news, things like this, they call what are called negative data streams and they hold spiritual energies of beings from the underworld that Use those negative data streams of algorithms to get into your consciousness and hope that you think that that's the way you actually think. But in fact, it's input that it was taken in and your job is to decipher it by using discernment. And discernment is, do I feel good? Is it empowering me? Do I feel supported? Do I feel loved? Do I feel nurtured? Do I feel embraced? Do I feel, do I feel lit? Do I feel on fire? Do I feel like I see myself, acknowledge myself as a child of God, as a being, a walking, living presence of love. And if not, then you're supposed to cancel it out by simply saying, I'm sorry, but this data is incorrect and I will not accept it. Right. And I think that's really important in this day and age because a lot of data streams are coming in from negative sources. I mean, even from radios. I mean, I have a, I have a family that I work with and they have three daughters and I went to go spend time with the three daughters. And the daughter was talking to her, 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 her friend who was spending a night talking to her about like, well, when I have a boyfriend, if he ever cheats on me, I'm going to smash and blow up his car too. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was taken back for a second. And I said, I'm sorry. Can I get into this conversation? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, where did you get that from? She's like, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift did it when her boyfriend cheated on her. So I'm going to do the same thing. These are mantras. Songs are mantras and they get inside the minds of children and teenagers and they either are creating light um, data streams, which are empowering them, lifting them, and taking them to higher consciousness, or it's creating dark data streams. It's lowering them, depleting them, and sucking them, and taking them into lower consciousness. We must acknowledge these things. So it's very, very important. But anyway, I wanted to talk about our retreat because I know we're coming to the end of our show. So I want to talk about the retreat. So you let everyone know about this retreat and why they should be there and how wonderful it's going to be. Ah, wow. Thank you for the opportunity. Let me look at my calendar here. Solapalooza. S-O-U-L-Palooza. Solapalooza. It's our third annual coming up at tut.com. That's where I'm based, tut.com. And it is a three and a half day celebration of life, dreams, truth, being with like-minded people who kind of get this conversation you don't have to explain yourself. There's going to be great talks, workshop um, exercises, time on the beach. This is all happening in Oahu, Hawaii, Waikiki to be specific. And, uh, and Shaman Dirk is going to be there along with me, my brother, Regina Garapi, uh, and a few other speakers, one of which is a local Hawaiian woman who swims with sharks. Really cool lady. Uh, and it's just, it's just a time to ground, uh, feel love, um, be yourself and set the stage for the best of your life. So that's coming up in November. Tut.com is the details. I know Shaman Dirk is going to be putting it up on his pages. 
so you'll be able to find out a lot more about it. Waikiki this November. Aloha. Aloha Nui Loa. Ow! <laughs> Mahalo. Tom and Derek, you're a legend, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mike, for being here on the show. I, it's such an honor to have you and to share with you and to vibe with you and to light fires with you and to ignite the tribe. Because that's what it's about, igniting the tribe. I want everyone in the tribe to feel fire, to feel lit, to know that nothing can stand in their way. And that is why we do these wonderful shows, is to take you to a higher place of yourself and just light the fires and set those desires. So I'm so happy, Mike, to have you on. Thank you so much for being on today's show. Well, thanks for all of the appreciation, for the love, for the friendship, Shaman Derek. Um, it's been a pure bliss. We've only just begun, you and I. And of course, you're already setting the world on fire. So keep it up. Thank you. In the flesh. Yes, I can't wait to give you a big, big, big hug. I'm known for my hugs, you know. Okay, good. I've got, I, got some, I got a great hug for you waiting. <laughs> All right. I'll count the days. Oahu, everybody. That's right. Love you, Mike. Thank you. Love you more. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was something, huh? How amazing was that? Do you feel the fire in our tribe? Do you feel the passion in our tribe? Can you see that when you are here, when you are present, when you are experiencing all of this love, this is how we rock it. This is how we go forth into the world and say, nothing can take me down. Nothing can hold me back. Nothing can limit me or make me think ill upon myself. Because we are a powerful tribe. Yes, we are. Powerful, amazing, geniuses, loving, nurturing, guiding, light, energy, gifted, incredible, astounding, profound, magnificent tribe. That is who we are. And I love each and every one of you. And I know that we can change this world because we're already doing it and we're going to take it a step up higher for the better. Yes, we are. And nothing, and I say nothing, can stop us. So ladies, put your crown on. Men, put your crown on. Kings and queens, we are here to rock the light into this planet and bring this to a planet rock so we can party and dance in celebration of love's unity for all eternity and for generations to come. That's what I'm talking about. And power to the people, power to the people. We have limitless power to the people and we are acknowledging that power in everything we do every day. So Tribe, thank you. And also stay tuned for more shows, more amazing people, more breathtaking conversations, and more wonderful vibes and more fires to be lit.